0: Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, we're speaking about a topic that is brand new, especially in the workplace culture, something called heartfulness. I have Tim Magwood here on the program and he's going to be speaking all about this topic of heartfulness and how to bring more heartfulness into the workplace environment. Some say he has the mind of an entrepreneur, the heart of a coach and a storyteller, and the soul of a singer-songwriter. We're going to learn some tips on how to be more heartful and how to bring more of our own heart into everyday life. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. I'm especially excited today because Tim Magwood is gonna be here in studio, um, or should I say he's gonna be on the Zoom call because he's in Toronto and I'm in Winnipeg. But uh, Tim Magwood is a friend of mine that I met a couple years ago when we were both speaking at an amazing summit called the Good Life Fitness Leadership Summit, which is geared towards bringing more leadership initiatives and I might even say heartfulness into uh, the workplace environment. And um, through that, Tim and I met, and I was just totally intrigued by the work that Tim is doing in the world. He um, owns a company called One Degree. He's an entrepreneur, but he also has a background of being a storyteller and a singer-songwriter, so we hit it off right away. And together, we're going to be collaborating coming up. Uh, very soon, um, the month of September 2019, we're going to be collaborating in Toronto at a summit that uh, Tim has organized with his company called uh, Heartfulness, the Heartfulness at Work Summit. And it's going to be really powerful. It's a, a day-long event for, uh, geared towards CEOs and leaders in the workplace environment that want to bring more heartfulness and engagement into their companies. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. And just before we dive into the conversation, I, uh, I wanted to just let you know of a couple of other really cool things that... Uh have happened since uh, we last chatted. First of all, um, there's a brand new mastermind program that I'm running starting on September 16th, 2019, and it's uh, an online mastermind program that's based around um, my book, Making Sense of Mindfulness. It's gonna be a seven week program online, and um, together we're gonna go through the online course version of Making Sense of Mindfulness, and then once a week we're going to meet up as a group and have live calls where I'm going to be offering some coaching and some insights and we're going to be holding each other accountable to getting through the, the mindfulness online course and through that process I'm expecting there's going to be a lot of uh, openings, especially heart openings, but um, I I think it's going to be a really great chance for people to do some inner work and some self care. So if that's of interest to you, um, please go check that out it's at my website, keithmcpherson.ca and uh, I think it's going to be a really, really powerful experience and a way to bring more mindfulness into this new season ahead. Um, In addition to that, I uh, this week launched a program with my friend Shar Jackson, who also has been on this podcast before. Um, Just to recall, Shar Jackson is uh, an educator. She's a teacher at Grosvenor School here in Winnipeg, my hometown. And uh, we collaborated together and put together a year-long program for schools through uh, Pono Life Schools, which is um, a division or a company that we've started. And Uh, Pono Life Schools is presenting something called the WISE program. So the WISE program is a year-long program that teachers can uh, utilize to bring mindfulness lessons into their classroom. And we've put together 20 lessons that are going to come out every second week throughout the school year. And in each lesson or module of this uh, online program, there's going to be guided meditations, intentions around themes like gratitude, Compassion, kindness, forgiveness, um, confidence, all these different aspects to mindfulness. And uh, there'll be lessons and activities that will also be offered up for teachers to integrate into uh, their classroom environment. So um, that also is happening. And you can get more information on the WISE program and Pono Life Schools at Pono Life, P O N O Life And, uh, oh, and I should mention too that we send out, much like I do on my uh, personal side, Pono Life Schools sends out a daily uh, positive intention um, that schools are reading on their announcements and integrating into the classroom. Just a little positive quote every morning. So you can sign up for those as well at ponolifeschools.com. So that's a whole lot of stuff that's happening and really uh, feels good to be putting this work out into the world and sharing it with you. And in addition to that, this heartfulness at work summit that's coming up is going to be quite positive and uh, hopefully well received by everybody that comes. So to talk more about that today, we're going to be uh, speaking with Tim Magwood, uh, owner again of a company called One Degree and just an incredible guy on all levels. And so without further ado, please welcome Tim Magwood here onto Let's Connect. All right, I've got Tim Magwood here uh, on the podcast, and uh, Tim, I'm so excited that you're joining us for Let's Connect. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Keith. It's great to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, I've been so fascinated with you and everything that you're up to since we met at the, uh, the Good Life Leadership Summit a few years ago, and um, I'm just a huge fan. I just love the work that you're doing, and I feel like we have similar backgrounds, so it's kind of cool to, to have you on and, and chat and hear a little bit about your story and everything that you're up to.
1: Yeah, it's, it, we do have we do have quite a quite a few little common uh, common elements in our background for sure.
0: Yeah, I as I was doing a little bit of research on on your background, I didn't realize you were actually like a musical theater actor like way back in the day. Like you were in Les Mis, is that right?
1: Yeah. So before I got into the business world, um, I went to Queens and I put together a musical theater program for myself so i did a did drama did music i took some dance classes downtown kingston because i remember when i was 17 i saw les mis and i just loved it and i thought i mean that was one of my first dreams was to be in les misrab so i went to queens put together my own little musical theater program and then when i was 22 i auditioned for it and actually i auditioned for um a a show called chess i don't know if you remember um the the musical chess but in those back in the this is back in 1991 92 they were um at the time phantom of the opera les mis aspects of love you know a lot of the the shows in toronto they sort of pulled together a bunch of people to do a a, um a concert version of chess so i got into that and then right after that they they cast me in les mis so yeah before getting the business world i i was on stage for it was about three years doing a bunch of musical theater stuff. So yeah, that's what I did before getting into the business world. And as you know, that training really helps. It oh. makes a big difference to be able to express yourself and to be comfortable on stage and in front of people.
0: Absolutely, I could I could totally tell that when I was watching you give the keynote back at the summit we were on together. And I'm like this guy has definitely got a background in music or something performing. So I uh, I absolutely love that you come alive on stage and. um, it's really inspiring. So yeah. Speaking of inspiring, I also, I want to give people a little bit of context about um, the work you're now doing more so in the business world with one Mm -hmm. degree and the mark of a leader. And if you could just give us a little background about those two um, projects that you're part of, and then um, yeah, I want to also talk about what we're going to be doing together too. So yeah,
1: for sure. So I co-created a a business called one degree now four and a half years ago. So, I mean, as you know, Keith, engagement levels in the workplace are at an all time low, it's like 29% of people that are workers that are engaged or highly engaged. And so I'm an entrepreneur and one degree is actually the fourth business I've started. So I had a couple of failures in my twenties, and then I started a sales effectiveness business called uh, fusion learning, which is now DDS. And then just a little under five years ago, started this business one degree. So it's all about helping, um ceos and executives with the engagement problem so we're primarily a culture agency so culture culture development leadership development so we collaborate with with ceos and executives to try to you know work with them to curate their culture so how do we create cultures that are um that are that are meaningful that are that are hurtful that are playful that where people Come to come to work without their masks. You know, take the masks off. Bring your full authentic selves into the workplace. So, so yeah. So there's four partners. There's a we now have a bunch of colleagues. We have about a team of a ten or twelve that are collaborating together to really try to make a difference with with cultures in in um, primarily. Catering companies. So yeah, we're having
0: some fun doing that. Wow, that's amazing. If I just back up, one thing that is crossing my mind, and I'm curious about, is um, how did you transition from like performing arts into this? Like, what what was that transition like for you?
1: Well, the the the, the general arc was um, was professional performer. Then I got into the. In fact, my first business idea was a was an entertainment business, was producing shows and. The business of entertainment hard. The or being an actor is hard. Being you know being a producer is even harder. So that was my. I pivoted into entertainment and on the on the business side. Then I then I moved to Corel I moved to Ottawa and I worked for for Corral. If you are not know, remember Corel, but it was a big tech company, Canadian success story. So that's where I got introduced to storytelling. So I got into kind of technology and marketing. I came back here. I worked for a company called Ice. So I worked for four years in corporate communications. And then when I was at, at this company called ice integrated communications and entertainment, we got trained. So we got trained in selling skills and presentation skills. Um, this company called horn. And and I thought that was really cool and it really appealed to my heart. So I, I approached the guy who ran the company art horn and said, you know, I'm really interested in your the business of corporate education and he was actually looking for a trainer. So that's when I, I made another pivot in, um, in 1999 and I became a trainer. So I learned about adult learning and about facilitation. And I did that for a couple of years. And then my entrepreneurial mind kind of said, Hey, I can do this myself. So I started, I started fusion and, and, and built that business over 12 years. So, so the arc is, is professional performer marketing, marketing sales. Then I got into the training space and then started my own thing and and so that's sort of the that's sort of the arc so yeah today with one degree it's 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 all about culture leadership development and that's 80 85 percent of my time and the other um gig is is my is my keynote stuff where i bumped into you in halifax keith so it's um we just rebranded it's now called stories rule it was mark of a leader so stories rule is all about how do we harness the power of storytelling to inspire others, but also we also help um, salespeople and leaders with the craft of storytelling. So we have workshops to help them become better storytellers. So that's my, so everything I do now is around culture leadership development and where I can leverage, leverage stories because Hey, it's storytelling stories are a lot more, more interesting more fun than data right
0: oh i find that too whenever i'm reading any of those business books <laughs> i just actually was reading one by robert keegan and i it's almost like i just skip ahead to his stories because i feel like i learn so much more through the storytelling than the actual technical data from their research i'm like oh my gosh for me personally and, and I, we've you know it's interesting because we've we've lost our ability to tell stories
1: so it's an innate human skill and as we, you know, we're at the beginning of the fourth industrial revolution. Things moving fast, lots of data. We're, we're, we're forgetting our ability to connect through stories. So, I, it's one of my real passion points, which is how do we bring story back mm. um, in conferences, in day to day communication? How can we, how can we leverage stories to better? connect and 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 move people rather than just data, to data, to data, to day to left brain. And that's probably linked to you know it's also a heartful skill. I mean storytelling is one of those heart based um, capabilities.
0: Absolutely. I love this this term heartfulness and I, I first came across it when we were actually first meeting and we were talking about how the workplace culture is in desperate need for more heart in in the work environment where people are just so caught up in their overthinking analytical minds and like all we're talking about with statistical data and how do we move people to a better balance between their, their head and their heart? And um, I'm absolutely enthralled with what you're creating around this whole concept. And it, for me, like takes the mindfulness work to a whole other level of, of awareness when we start talking about in integrating the heart, which has been a big part of, of my work as well. And um, so this, this piece that you've been developing all around leading with a heartful life, I, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that work and what, it, what it's looking like, what it's, um, what's coming together just in, in your research and creativity in, in making this happen.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we're I'm, I'm working on this Heartfulness Summit event September 25th in Toronto, and it really was born two and a half, three years ago, um, actually with with my wife Nancy and I through some dialogue, and she's a she's a yogi like you, and um, uh, Vinyasa yoga teacher, and and I'm not sure where it came from the Heartfulness concept, but. Um, we got talking and, and you know through lots of dialogue around hey how do we lead it well, how do we lead a more heartful life and we actually had a little mini chalkboard sign that that hung around our our French doors when where we used to live 21 Noel, and here in Toronto and Bennington Heights and it was there for about a year heartfulness so I was looking at it every day and I was starting to really noodle on this concept of, of heartfulness and what it is and why it's important and and, and not just at work, but also at home. How do we, how do we connect in to listen to our hearts? And and as I've been really working on on my own journey through yoga and through meditation, it's really it's really started to land with me. And I've started to socialize it with others. It seems to be landing with others too. So, heartfulness is a concept that. Yeah, came was born out of conversations with Nancy and then, you know, testing it with people like you and we're working on this, 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 this heartfulness summit in September. So heartfulness, it's a bit of a play off of mindfulness and I'm like you, a mindfulness practitioner, but I feel like we're all mindful enough. And, and for me um, the point of mindfulness is actually to still the mind and to be able to connect into and listen to, to heart more. So Heartfulness is is about I've sort of got five C's as a way to frame it in a simple way. Um, so at the at the heart of it, it's it's there's a heart set. So a heart the heart set of, of heartfulness is is it's about having tapping into being energy and loving what is and really watching your expectations and just being present, being being in the moment. That's the heart set. And then there's five C's. The first C that's in the in the inner circle is connect. So it's just connecting into Listening too hard and, and listening to intuition hmm. rather than what our intellect is saying. How do we connect in to our into our heart space, which I believe heartfulness actually has more spaciousness. So connect is the first C. This the the, the next um, circle in the, in the in the in the concentric circle is about courage. So courage, of course, is is, is heart. So courage is about trying new things. It's about hmm. Um, our ability to explore our authentic selves. Um, So it's about experimenting, trying, it's about change, about how, I mean, the heart is always looking for us to evolve. So I think courage, so connect courage. The next um, inner circle C is cause. So cause is about our personal why and how do we connect our personal why to the organization that we're working with. So how do we line up, um, um, our cause with organizational causes because I think that that's a place where we can really unleash energy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the third C. That the fourth C is about collaborate. So that's the whole we versus me orientation and being in that place of co-creation and, and collective.
0: Yeah. And then
1: the final um, outer C is about coach. So helping others be their best. And I believe that those those C's of heartfulness are are um, they build on each other so you know we have to be able to connect into our own heart yeah and from there we can then be starting to start to cr- be courageous and, and explore that and then cause and what's our own why and how do we line that up with others and organization in the world around us then collaborate being in that we space and then and then the coach so that's the concept so um yeah. yeah i'm working on a few things around this and sort of playing with it a little bit um as a way to help support our our. Uh, or one degree why or dream which is advancing humanity through work so how do we i think this is just one ingredient this heartfulness is just one ingredient that we can tap into to create better more meaningful workplaces
0: wow it's amazing what i love about this too is it it does build sequentially and it, it almost reminds me of a story arc like this idea of just and the initial connection that place of just literally tapping into your heart and over time, you know, moving into that place of courage, but then eventually, ultimately, we're moving into this place of service and and collaboration. And it's just that's so beautiful what you're describing. I, how does this play out in the workplace? I mean, w- what's the current reality of heartfulness in the workplace? How does it look right now versus where I feel like this vision should be or could be?
1: Yeah, and I'd love to, I'd love to get your perspective on this too, because I mean. My sense and my observation is that more and more people are getting headier and headier. So I think we have a real need to tap into, into heart more um, as a way to calm, as a way to um, get get, you know, unleash more creativity. I think the heartful heart being connected to the heart really helps unlock creativity and innovation. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 okay, but my observation is that. That a lot of people go into work wearing masks, and yes, they're not always feeling psychologically safe to to tap into their own heart and others' hearts. So, i i don't I don't think it's great. I think a big reason why engagement levels are an all time low. Back circling back to that is because they aren't allowed to bring their full selves. They're not allowed to, or they don't feel like they're allowed to bring their true hearts and authentic selves in the workplace.
0: Yeah. uh, What's your sense? No, I would totally agree with that as well. I feel like as soon as uh, people walk through the door into their office or into their company, it's like, it's almost like there's another persona a lot of times where there's almost like the shield comes up around them where it's all about protecting or, you know, might come in the form of controlling or or pleasing, but it's like people aren't necessarily always showing up authentically true and transparent. Um, It's almost like this sort of fear-based, I could, ultimately it's things like I could lose my job or I might be wrong and that's going to get, somehow um attacked you know it's kind of like this this old school mentality of that hierarchical structure where it's like from the top down stuff and you know a lot of businesses are structured that way so it's it's really interesting i find too when i walk into a lot of these companies and and the structure just the let alone like it just it's um it's a lot of fear based it's a lot of um yeah. Separation feeling. And it, it's, uh, it's kind of daunting, you know, as a, as well, a, I think, I mean, I think just maybe picking up on a couple of things that you said there that
1: the head separates, I mean, if we're too head dominant, yes. um, that's where, that's where the control comes in. That's where separation comes in. I think it's, it's the, it's the heart that, that connects us. And in fact, we have one of our values at, um, at one degree, which is, is invite love and fear, invite love and fear. And that's hard because especially, oh. the, especially the fear part, but I think that's part of it. Part of being hurtful is actually inviting, inviting fear, you know, sharing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this or I'm afraid of this. And cause that takes some vulnerability. So huge. Yeah. How do we, how do we invite that love and fear and allow people to, 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 to to trust i think too i think heartfulness can help help raise trust levels because if, if engagement levels are an all-time low that means that trust levels are an all-time low so i feel that this heartfulness movement is 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 a way is a very important way to raise engagement levels but also reduce stress we haven't even talked about that yet i mean oh. i know that you're super passionate about about meditation and mindfulness. And I mean, your books, your book of mindfulness that makes sense is, is awesome. It's super practical. So the, this mindfulness or heartfulness movement can help de-stress people, which is a huge problem at work and at home. It's like, yeah. you know, stress, anxiety. i oh my like, it's just, it's, it's out of control.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was recently, um, Uh, speaking with a guy named Robert Holden, who is one of my favorite coaches and people. And he he was talking about the difference between uh, self-improvement, which seems to be a train that a lot of us our condition to be on where we're always trying to get more and improve and get somewhere and be more in that status and that, and money driven. And, and not that that's a bad thing, but he, he juxtaposed that next to the idea of instead of self-improvement, like what about self-acceptance? And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like that place where you, you're not necessarily always striving to get somewhere, but you're, you're actually um, becoming more present and accepting of where you're at and knowing that it's going to, Evolve and expand without the stress behind it. And as you're speaking, I'm just being reminded of that—that that whole essence of this idea that you know, when we when we accept ourselves and have the courage—I guess that's one of the Cs—to to speak what's what our truth is in this current moment. Um, it, it's like automatically starts moving us forward to a place of of growth. But it's um, yeah, mm. the the stress piece. I agree is also a huge component of this whole epidemic I could say in the workplace for sure. Well,
1: it's thing you, you mentioned there, self-improvement versus self-acceptance and what that makes me think of. I've been reflecting a lot about this over the summer um and it's linked to that which is um expectations versus appreciation because I think and I'm 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 really guilty of this as an A-type driver and as an entrepreneur that we have these high expectations, right? We have goals. We set the goals. We have high expectations. We're, we're, we're striving. Yeah. And that can really get in the way of appreciation and being hurtful and being in the moment. So it's this, it's one thing I'm really working on right now is work on the expectations, actually lower the expectations of self and others. And that allows the appreciation to blossom And I think that's, I'm actually not sure where this fits into heartfulness yet, but maybe this is just part of the, of the, of the heart set, which in the very kernel, in the middle of heartfulness, which is appreciate, love what is, you know, be, be okay with wherever you are. Yeah. Um, Right. Like the, and I think that's what you're speaking into self-acceptance, which is just accept, accept, appreciate, be, be.
0: Yeah. And for those of us doers um, it's, It's, it's really hard. Uh, oh, absolutely. I mean it's not a, it doesn't seem natural because we've been told most of our lives you gotta make something of yourself and do more and be more and you know I think about my music background too. I'm just getting triggered to remember that I mean that was the entire mentality of being a, an independent musician for me at the time was you don't know when your next paycheck's going to come, but you know where you want to go. So it's just like work really hard, head down, say yes to everything, accomplish. And it gets to the point of stress and burnout really. And I'm just, I'm thinking about your five C's and just that first one of connect, you know, that place of tapping into the heart and moving to this place of connecting. And might I also say, maybe accepting, Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand to me, this, this idea of, you know, um, in order to connect, we have to accept where we're at and we have to get present to, to who we are and, and in this moment versus where we think we should be or, might strive to be it's like what's going on now so this is very powerful how do you like just in terms of the work with one degree and and yourself as a coach and like how do you bring that initial sea of connection into a workplace environment I, I mean that in itself can be quite a challenge to, to mm-hmm. have people lay their cards down on the table and open up and connect i mean any yeah we like- actually um, are that's a good question and we our, our
1: approach at one degree is we've, I like, I like A's. I like things so I can remember them. They're, they're, they're simple. So our approach is um, there's actually four A's assess, align, activate, actualize. So what we do with, with organizations is we're, we'll first assess the organization. So we've got a values driven survey. It's a Barrett's values driven survey. We'll, we'll, will assess yeah. things. And it's three simple questions. What are your personal values? What do you see as the current culture at company X? And what do you see as the desired? Mm. And then once we do that, we then create cross-functional um, focus groups. Where we have engaged conversations with people, and that just help us unpack the survey and get their views. But mm. so this is where we can, we get them to connect in. You know, what are your values? How do values inform behavior? Um, what do you see as the current culture? So if you're saying it's customer satisfaction or high integrity, great. Why? What are some stories? If you say there's there's some control in the environment or silo mentality, let's unpack that. Let's let's have some conversation. So through our, our, our assess and align, we're able to have conversations with people where rather than just surveying them mm-hmm. and not talking about it, we mm-hmm. think that that's just wrong. You know, we want to get people's views and be inclusive about the culture because we think everybody ought to own culture. So we, we connect in through dialogue and we want to get their views. I and so it. once we've had got that input, we then connect with the executive team and, and some others and we'll, we'll help co-create, um, a cultural code values and behaviors, and then we'll determine what to activate. So, you know, wh- what, are some, what are some, uh, some hot spots that we got to work at from a behavior perspective, from a system perspective. Wow. And then we'll like a, you know, like a marketing agency would, we'll really work at those activations and collaborate with them. So the, 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 the how the f- heartfulness fits in there is, you know, you need to be able to connect in with people and their hearts and what they're really feeling rather than, Giving lip service. Yeah, we, we need to create spaces and conversation where they're, they're, they feel comfortable and they they they're, they can be courageous to say, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling it here," or mm-hmm. you know, "I'm feeling like we're, um, you know, we're not empowered as far as decision making, whatever that is." So we really tr- we really aim to create some um, some good good, strong dialogue. And these are tough conversations. And a lot of times this is the first time people have been able to share their real views about the culture and about what's going on.
0: Wow. Like to be a witness of that must be quite an experience for you. That that's a good way of putting it.
1: That is exactly what we are. We're, We're, we're a witness, but we're just creating some space for them to have these conversations. And I mean, we believe in the collective wisdom. So we believe that they have the answers just, you know, like good coaches, we're creating a process.
0: Yeah, Um, And it works. Wow. That's beautiful. Do you ever find yourself, I mean, I'm speaking, this is definitely a question internally for me that I struggle with, is a lot of times when those difficult conversations start happening um, and, you know, I might be in the middle of facilitating it, it it can get quite edgy and it can get quite difficult because, you know, you're dealing sometimes with like years of somebody suppressing what they really feel or what they... Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I'm just curious mm-hmm. how you how you handle that from your perspective and, and like what that's like to to sort of be in that that uncomfortableness of the difficult conversations. Like how do you what's that I, like and know, how I do you handle question. it? I
1: think initially because I used to be I mean i have facilitate and coach for twenty plus years, but my background is more in the training, um, you know, skills based yep. training, mostly sales sales and, and sales leadership. Yep. So when I first started getting to this this culture stuff five or so years ago, I initially felt uncomfortable because I'm by nature, I'm a very positive person. I like, you know, glass half full. I'm, and I I generally not by nature. I kind of shy away from tough conversations. You're like my soul brother. (laughs) So so initially I I was like, Oh my, Oh man, this is, this is edgy. This is, this is juicy. And and I wanted to win the way, but what I learned was no, no, no you know, you got to hang with it. And we create some agreements up front. And another one of our values at one degree is be real. So, you know, bring yeah. in the real, have real conversations. Yeah. So these agreements of, of be real and, um, you know, be curious. We ha- we set up some agreements with people. So we create that psychologically self, uh, safe space, but I can tell you it is not, it doesn't, it's not natural for me. And I don't think it's natural for most people to be able to share their concerns in a constructive, helpful way. Yes. Um, so uh, it's, it's 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 hard, but it's also it's also really important because are you familiar with the concept of um, of radical candor? I'm not sure if your listeners. They, they, okay.
0: Yeah, let, just explain. It. Yeah. yeah,
1: explain the concept. It's a Kim Scott concept. Great YouTube. Um, just just uh, there's an eight there's an 18 minute TED talk that she does on radical candor. But the the essence of radical candor is it's a, it's a two by two matrix. Yeah. And on, on the, on the X axis, the up and down axis is the, what she calls the give a damn Mm. axis. Mm. And so, so high is, is, is love, right? Is really deeply caring. She calls it caring deeply or or, or caring. So caring deeply and at the bottom is not caring at all. And that's the up and down X axis. And the other axis, it's the challenge level. So on the, on the, on the left side is, is being, being super nice and not challenging at all. And on the far right, it's, it's challenge. So this notion of, of radical candor is caring deeply and also challenging people. And in fact, that's what we find great, what great leaders do is that they're having conversations that are coming from a place of love, heart, and also they're challenging, like, you know, say they're leaning into it a little bit more. So how do we have these radical candor heartful conversations that are helpful and and too often too often we're 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 either being too nice and not really speaking our truth yeah that he um she calls that what does she calls that she calls that um uh ruinous empathy Uh, (laughs) when you're coming from a place of love but you're not really speaking your truth she calls that ruinous empathy yeah and um and then, if you're if you're speaking your truth, but you're not coming from a place of love, and you're not really caring deeply, she calls that. Um, well, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to. i She calls it's not a nice word, you know. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so uh, it's it's an interesting concept. So how do we create cultures where radical candor um, exists? It flourishes, and I believe that the heartful piece is critical. So if we're not coming from a place of love, then we're just being a jerk. Yes. Absolutely so we can be challenging people, but it's, it's, it's coming from the head. So therefore it's like, man, you're just being a jerk. Like I'm not going to work for you because <laughs> you don't care.
0: Yeah. Isn't that the truth? And, and that's another thing too, as you're speaking about this, I, I think is really important to emphasize here is that, you know, sometimes the, the thought of heartfulness or heart at the workplace, like I, I, some people roll their eyes at this going, well, this is just like too, you know, airy or light for me, but really there is, um, there is sort of a, not a tough toughness might be the wrong word, but there's a, a fierceness when we're, when we're operating from the heart center, when we're really living into heartfulness, there's, there's like this, this fierce courage to like push beyond the comfort zone in ways that we normally wouldn't, you know, it's like taking those, those courageous risks that you if you were just hanging out in your head, you wouldn't actually take because you're just, it's kind of fear holding you back. But that, that yeah, no,
1: I think, I think that's, you know, if there's a fear, fierceness or a
0: fear, fearlessness,
1: and I don't know if fearless actually exists. But, yeah. Um, there's a, there's a fearlessness that if we're really in tune with our, our truth, our purpose, you know, our cause um, then there is that, um, there, there is that fierceness or or fearlessness, isn't there? And, and, and and you, you know, this as a performer that, and I think this, whether you're a a leader or whether you're a salesperson or you're a front line or whatever it is, if, if we're really connected into our heart, there's a way different level of presence that happens. You know, if you're singing, if you're performing, if you're speaking, if you've got, if you're on a sales call, if you tap into that place of heart and really connect into that and connect to your courage, th- there is a different level of energy, and I think that's that's at the heart of heartfulness that really excites me is that it actually is a it's a well of energy, and yeah. most people are stifling their their energy. And how do we uh, help people tap into connect with heartfulness? Because there's energy there that can really help create, unlock, that can help, um, you know, f- uh, fuel peak performance, that can unlock performances that's like, oh my God, where'd that come from? Wow. So I think it's that, it's that, it's that energy, it's an energy center. And, and, and the other thing we haven't talked about yet is, is that the fact that it's for those people that are into chakras, the heart chakra the, is the fourth chakra is that's where the change there's there's so much going on with the, with the heart chakra, and that it's it's the, it's really where change cannot occur without engaging the heart. It's impossible, you know. If you think about head, heart, hands, <laughs> yeah. without, without without that heart, man, it, it ain't
0: happening. Absolutely, that's right. Wow, that's that's blowing my mind, and it's also so <laughs> blowing my mind literally because it's moving me deeper into my heart center as we're talking about this, and I'm also just. <laughs> The, the words spirituality is popping up for me right now. When you start talking about energy and chakras and, you know, a lot of what I've been hearing and noticing is that like ultimately leadership, if it doesn't have that sort of creative or whatever you want to call that spiritual component to it or that intentional energetic component to it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of empty. It's not fully embodied, so to speak. And I don't know for me, but like as a, or for you, but as a, a performer, for me, like when I'm on stage, if I'm just talking from my head and I haven't actually connected to that intentional, heartfelt place, it it um it, a lot of times will will land flat. There's like almost something that takes over that kind of channels through when I let my head relax and allow the heart right. to to kind of speak on my behalf. Um, Some might even call that like channeling, and you know, in in the leadership circle work that. I've been doing I think 1 degree does some of that as well there's there's this whole thing pointing towards that more integral model of leadership where we're moving to a sort of this unified being where we're we're leading from a place that's greater than our own ego it's like something that's connecting us all together on a on a deeper path i don't know if that's spiritual or what no one really knows but it's felt it's definitely well, I, think, felt. I don't know, i mean i think we all have i mean my belief is that um
1: is that soul lives in the heart spirit lives in the heart and right uh, you know, it's it's inside of all of us. It's 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 in the it's in the world. It's in the trees. It's in the animals. It's in nature around us, and outside of us, and it's also inside of us. Um, and I think a lot of people can connect with the, the external source a lot more than than they can inside. So I'm hoping that this hurtfulness is a way to to connect into very human, very soulful um, practices. To help, to help people lead in a, in a much different way, as you're describing.
0: Yeah. So one step towards that that's coming up is um, this Heartfulness at Work, sort of this first initial Heartfulness at Work summit that's happening in Toronto coming up at the end of the month yeah. of September. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm excited to
1: have you a part of the lineup, Keith. So it's September 25th, Wednesday, September 25th in Toronto. It's at the Brickworks, which is a great location, very... Very sustainable. There's a great story behind the brickworks. How it was, you know, once a, a brickling um, factory, and and it's really transformed into um, into a place where people gather and, and and buy their produce, and they come for a walk. So it's it's a wow. The brickworks is a place of transformation, and they've done an amazing job. Jeff Jeff Cape and and the team there have done an amazing job, and they've got um, a, a bunch of meeting rooms. So we're there's going to be somewhere between sixty to eighty thought leaders, executives there, September 25th in Toronto. Um, this is a heartfulness summit and people can just go to the, the website, one-degree.ca, one-degree.ca. And on the, on the homepage there, there's a link to info about the event and uh, Keith McPherson is going to be on the billing. Um, <laughs> so that's, I, I'm excited to have you there and, and Dr. Greg Wells and it's sponsored by MedCan. So Sean Francis, I'm going to do an interview with him and, and their chief cardiologist to, to talk about or explore the relationship between heart health um, or heart, yeah heart health and performance. So it's, it's all about, it's, a, it's, it's with an eye towards our heartfulness at work summit with an eye towards fueling peak performance. So how do we tap into these capabilities like storytelling and coaching and collaboration to help fuel peak performance? So it's going to be great. It's going to be, lots of fun and a really fulfilling day for everybody.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. And just to clarify too, if you're listening to this after the fact, this is the year 2019, I should say, but (laughs) I
1: thank you for clarifying.
0: Yeah. But part of 2019, that's right. Part of the intention of this is to, to start moving in the direction of like, I I almost see this as a movement, like a heartfulness movement. That's going to be more and more, um, I guess available and, uh, transformative in, in the workplace culture. I feel like this is really just the beginning of this type of, um, this type of movement in a lot of ways. And so I'm hoping that there'll be many of these <laughs> coming up in the future. Yeah. I mean, maybe
1: we'll, uh, we'll see. We're going to do this one. Maybe we do one in, at West. Maybe we create, I'm not really sure yet. I'm being, uh, a little emergent with this. We'll do this event and then we'll see
0: where it takes us, Keith. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. When, when you say fueling peak performance, which is one of the big yeah. intentions to this, w- w- what do you mean by peak performance? What does that mean? Um, peak. I think when people think about peak, you know, b- being your best. Um,
1: and so, I mean, I believe, we believe strongly that you cannot be your best until you're tapping into connecting with your heart and your truth and your authentic self. So this is all about Whether you're a keynote speaker like you, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're leading a team, whether you're running a call center, whether you're running HR, how do we tap into connect with heart and the heart capabilities like coaching collaboration to be our best. So when I say fueling peak performance, it's, um, heartfulness is like fuel that can help you be your best peak performance. Mm,
0: I love it. Wow. You got me totally. I'm also just one last thing I'm curious about for you, Tim, is in regards to, uh, do you have any sort of formal practices that you do that Mm. you'd consider heartfulness practices?
1: Yeah. In fact, we're, um, I'm going to be, hopefully in this event, we'll we'll be exploring some, um, some heartful rituals. I mean, I know you've got a number of them and want to just get people sort of connected in with what some of their heartful rituals are or can be. So for me, meditation right now, daily for me in the morning, I really believe I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a daily calm Tamara Levitt, who's a a Canadian app, probably a lot of people know her, but so whether it's headspace, whether it's muse or whether it's daily calm, I love daily calm because it's, it's different every day. So I'm, I'm a very, um, that's very ritualized for me. So when I, when I'm making the coffee or right after I have coffee in the morning, I'll, I'll do 10 minutes of of meditation, get quiet. Um, That's the first one. The second hurtful ritual for me is, is yoga. So um, I'm not a teacher like you, but I, I do yoga probably three times a week. And in fact, just generally exercise for me is a way to get calmer, get still, or get more focused. So, but, but yoga is, is, is I, I like that, that practice the most. So daily meditation, um, daily exercise, but three times a week yoga for me. And what I've started to do is little two minute, um, a few times during a day, just when I'm feeling like I'm, I'm getting too hot in terms of too busy, I'll just take two minutes and I throw in the headphones for a little bit of music or I'll just sort of just step into an area where I can just chill out and just breathe for two minutes, just to stay calm and keep the, get centered. So those are just sort of daily quick, quick reconnects. Um, so those are, those are some of the ones that, those are the ones that really are have been helping me a lot. And it, to me, it's gotta be daily. I mean, it's gotta be, a, there's gotta be some daily part for rituals that we're engaging into to help us in this busy, crazy world.
0: Yeah. Those are great. I love it. I'm just so appreciating right back to that whole thing of in order to be in the heart, you got to be present. It's the heartfulness practice is really about coming back into this moment and, and really connecting to what is here now versus all the, the busyness of our heads telling us where we could be or should be or were. And it's like, it's the now it's the present moment. It's quite, quite, quite powerful. Wow. Well, I, uh, I'm really, really grateful. Um, that you took the time to be here with us. And, uh, for those people that want to know more about Tim, you definitely need to check out one, like the number one dash degree.ca, his, his work and his company there. And, um, And if you can make it to the heartfulness summit even if you've got to fly into toronto canada and your heart is like calling to be there there's going to be some amazing um presenters speaking all about this topic in more depth and giving some real practical um ways to integrate this work it's uh really important to to follow your heart and be there so tim thank you for uh for joining
1: me i'm glad we we connected in Halifax. Was that two years ago or was it, was it April 17 or April?
0: I think it was April 17. Is it, that right? It was, I think it was two years ago now. Yeah.
1: yeah i really and I'm looking forward to September and, and keeping in touch.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks Keith. Heartfulness at work. I love this idea and I love Tim Magwood and I hope that inspired you just as much as it did for me. Um, If you can, please join us in Toronto at the the Heartfulness at Work Summit coming up once again on September 25th, 2019. And if you can't be there in person, please stay in touch with both Tim and myself. Tim can be found at onedegree.ca and I'm at keithmcpherson.ca. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to tune in every week, and I look forward to you joining me next time here on the podcast. Let's connect.